Welcome to Game Talk Radio. Your hosts, Greg and Jen, bringing you their take on this week's hottest gaming news. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Game Talk Radio. This is episode five. Five. And you know, sometimes when we're doing this, it's really, timing is everything. Mm-hmm. So last week, we had a story about Amy Hennig and how, you know, like the story broke hours before we did the podcast. Yeah. So this week, we're getting ready. We're looking at everything. It's a pretty light news week. We're getting ready what we're going to say. And then yesterday, boom, they're going to unveil the NX tomorrow. What? Which is today, which is Thursday night when we're recording this. Yes. And then they're going to drop, boom, Red Dead Redemption Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer. Boom. Mm-hmm. And an extra special treat, they dropped the trailer for the new Wolverine movie, which is called Logan. Oh, so Boom. Good. So good. And so you have all these amazing things. So timing is perfect today because we were kind of like, oh, what are we going to do? What's going on? And then, bam, everything at once. So mm-hmm. this is great. So we are going to get to the NX, uh, which is now called the Nintendo Switch, if you hadn't heard. We're going to talk about Red Dead Redemption 2, but first, actually, and this is something a little bit from late last week, but we want to talk a little bit about the PlayStation VR. So we finally got our hands on one. We don't have any, you know, the people that listen to this for the most part, you know us, like, we're just regular people. We're not, like, in the business or anything, so we just, we don't have anything extra or early or anything. Like, everything that we have, that we talk about, we purchase, so there's not anything, you know, bonus to what we have. But... If there are any system executives listening, right, <laughs> we wouldn't be opposed to getting something. You know, actually, I I that. want everything that I would ever do an official review on. I would never want for free. It, it's it's interesting because like the way I the way I think of things is something's good or bad based on how much money I spent on it. So like No Man's Sky, we talked about. Remember how if it was twenty dollars, I would have thought a lot more of the game. Yeah. So if I got No Man's Sky for free, I could have played it and been like, well, you know, it's not bad. There's some decent things here, some good ideas. I give it a 7 out of 10. But having paid for it with my own money and then how much I had to pay, I think that was really, it, it altered my perception of that game quite a bit. So, I, you know, I would say any executives want to give us stuff for free, totally cool. I just won't review it. Is well, I, I will. Okay, I there would you gladly go. <laughs> take all the free merch you want to give. I'm glad that my moral boundaries don't leak and, and cover any of your moral boundaries. I think I could provide an unbiased review, even if I got it for free. Okay. Well, there, there you have it, everybody. Send Jen a whole bunch of free stuff, please. <laughs> uh, so, but we want to talk about PlayStation VR. So this was 100% an impulse buy. I had one pre-ordered at Best Buy last week, and I got the notification saying, oh, there's a payment problem. You have to go on to change your payment to get your... Uh, your VR bundle, and I said, "Ah, forget it." <laughs> like I, just, <laughs> I was just feeling like I don't really want this. So you know? much hassle. And I actually have the Move controllers. I have the camera, so I didn't need the bundle. And I was thinking to myself, "Well, I'll get it." And then it was like they were doing late night launches at Best Buy, and I was like, "Well, I could just go there after work." And then I just, man, I just skipped on it. Plus, we had visitors over the weekend. My brother and my friend Mike came up to nerd out and play games all weekend. So I was like, I'm not going to get a chance to play this thing anyway, even though I would have, because I would have wore the VR helmet and played, you know, my PC and play Warcraft with it, but, um, cause that's awesome. So, but anyway, so, so then today I was in Appleton and I was just driving around and I was like, long story short, Tuesday we had just an awesome trade getting ready to go out 
Uh, you might have saw the pictures on Facebook if you did. So I basically worked on my day off. And when I do stuff like that, which, you know, everybody has to do every now and then, you know, and I'm not ever technically off being a business owner, but normally I have that day to do other things. Well, since I didn't, I thought, well, let's just, let's buy ourselves something, right? A little bit of retail therapy. Treat yourself. Just decided to treat myself. And so today I was, I was thinking about getting a PlayStation VR. So today I'm just driving around. I'm like, let's go to Best Buy. Oh, they have it. Okay, let's buy it. Uh, okay, let's take it home and hook it up. <laughs> and that's and that's what happened. And and what also helped is we uh, we got a copy of Batman VR traded into the store already. So I was able to test that out at home. So. I'm just laughing because like my impulse buy is like a box of dots. Sure, sure. Like a dollar, a dollar fifty. Well, I bought it for you, babe. This was only about four hundred times more expensive than that. Only. <laughs> so the PlayStation VR. So. But again, I wanted to buy it because I feel like if I got it for free or I just had someone trade into the store and I played with it, I'd be like, that's pretty cool. But I've plunked now $400 down on the PlayStation VR. And I have to say, because we talked a little bit about this before and people have asked us about what our take on VR is. And I had played the Oculus Rift before at Nate's house. And I PlayStation VR is very cool. I, I, I don't really have any negatives about it. Like, you have to get the headset perfectly on, and hooking it up was really annoying. And the camera, like, I've got a big TV, and the camera, if it's on top of the TV, it's too high, and if it's below the TV, it's too low. So I'm still trying to figure that out. And and so, you know, there's little annoyances there, but when you actually get into it, it was pretty cool. So the first thing I played was Battlezone, which is an old Atari game that they've kind of, like, brought back to life, you know. But the aesthetics of the game are a total, I guess... Well, look, inspired by, air quotes, mm-hmm. inspired by Tron. Nice. So it feels like you're in a virtual Tron game. So it was pretty cool. And so I'm geeking out pretty hard about this. PlayStation VR is pretty neat. But again, for $400, can I tell you guys that are listening to this to buy this for $400? That's a different story. You know, that would be something that it'd be really difficult for me to do. Like, if it was 200 bucks, I would say you have to have it. You have to. Uh, at $300, like if you get it on sale at $300, i would be like, mm, yeah, you know, it, it might be worth it if you got the extra cash laying around. At $400, I just, ooh, it's just tough. I just kind of feel like it's the cost of a PS4 Pro that's coming out. So, and you already have to have a PS4, obviously, to run this, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is very fun. So I played Battlezone. I played, uh, the Kitchen, which is the Resident Evil demo. I played all the, basically, the VR demo disc that comes with it. Played a lot of the software on there, and then I played Batman VR, were the ones I played. And then uh, it was it's Thursday night, so we were <laughs> we were watching the Packer game, and it was halftime, and Jen wanted to try the VR. So now I'm very I'm very curious now because I want to pass it over to her before I talk just endlessly about what I liked about it, and I want to kind of pass it to you, babe, and see what you think. Like, what was your impressions? Is putting on the headset and everything from from minute one of pu- trying to put on the headset? Like, what was your experience overall? Well, minute one, you see it smudged up all the the glass on the inside, so there was that. (laughs) Which is funny because I know I didn't touch the glass. All I did was peel off the plastic, because there was like, you know, that thin plastic that's on there. I peeled those off, and that's all I did, so. I don't know. But but they included a dust-free cloth, so clearly, yeah, clearly they were, they knew, but. Well, um. For the most part, I liked it. I have trouble. I have very large hipster size glasses. <laughs> I think. Um, so it was a little bit of work to get it to fit, and I still felt like if I didn't have my glasses, it could have been a bit more snug. 
Okay. I did see some light underneath because the way that the the headset works, it's got almost like these rubberized or silicone gaskets that will block out light and essentially allow you to have complete closure but not be right up against the machine, which I liked and made it a lot easier. It was a heck of a lot better than my experiences trying to go to 3D movies, which I refuse to do because my glasses don't, they don't work. You put the glasses over your glasses and then you've got this huge margin that isn't covered and so you've got half 3D and half not 3D and it's very disorienting. Well, and I, I had LASIK eye surgery about seven years ago or something and I don't want to wear glasses anymore that was like the whole point (laughs) (laughs) so I don't wear glasses anymore so 3d never appealed to me it's like oh we want to sit at home put glasses on all day hey you're in your car you better wear your sunglasses why pay a lot of money so I don't wear glasses anymore I didn't really play any like I also after watching the kitchen demo from Resident Evil I decided that I wanted to see that too which was a terrible idea because I'm not a fan (laughs) of scary movies or scary games and I even knowing what was going to happen, still, I mean, you saw me. I was freaking out, even though I knew, like, that was going to happen, That's true. and I knew that. That's true, and <laughs> and there is video evidence. Which so. I didn't know that you were doing, and that was not cool. Don't Greg. worry, I won't share it. That was one of those fun things for us. Like, I want cool you to be able to kind of see it. Don't. That's not going to be something, sorry fans listening, but we're not going to, I'm not going to share it. That was just something fun for us. But, okay, well. But, but it, it was fun to watch you. Like, like there was there was a, like, without sounding cheesy, like, watching you do it. Like, you had this amazing smile on your face, like like you were in some sort of wonderland. It was actually really neat to watch, and you were, like, at certain points while you were playing certain things, and, like, when you'd stand up and look, and and right. be able to look around, you, you know, you were, you had, like, this, your mouth was, like, agape, and it was, like, you were in awe of what you were seeing, and it was really neat, like, to, like, to see that, you know, and somebody, again, who, like me, I've kind of seen so many things, and, and played almost everything, and, and all this other stuff, but for someone like you, it was it was totally a new experience. It really was not having had any experience with VR, and not good experiences with 3D. It was absolutely amazing. Um, not the kitchen demo, that was just wrong and sick, and <laughs> no. But there was a short film called Alumet that I watched that was absolutely... There's no other way to describe it except enchanting. It was very, like, it had kind of a little French feel, and probably because the name Alumet has a very French kind of overtone. But it was a longer film. I didn't say film, like 20 minutes, I think, the total time it is. But it's complete immersion in this experience. And as Greg mentioned, I was able to stand up and look down and see into this little airship that was going across. It was completely insane. Like, I would have never thought that I could do that. And I think I asked him, like, can I stand up? (laughs) And then Greg said, yeah, go stand up. And so I stood up and I could see into the little, like, porthole or staircase that was in the airship and see right down into what I was just looking at, which was the side of the airship. It was, it was insane. Like, it was, like, nothing I'd ever experienced before. When I, when I played Battlezone, I actually stood up and I turned around, and you could see the seat that your camera was sitting in, (laughs) and there, there's, like, levers and switches, so you're looking around the whole cockpit, and 
like there's levers and switches that I I felt like I could have reached my hand out and grabbed them. And I I tried to do that when it was with Alumet because she's this little girl. She's probably in her you know like maybe she's twelve I would say at the at the at the oldest, and she was right there in front of me, and it. I knew it was a cartoon or like it was animation rather. It was 3D animation, but it was so realistic 3D animation. I felt like I could reach in and touch it. Like she looked yeah. like an amiibo. Like I could just pluck her out and like hold her. It, and then I was surprised when I lifted my hand up and I didn't see my hand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you start, you almost start to feel like when you're holding the controller that you'd be able to look down and see the controller. And in a lot of games, when you look down, there is like a virtual representation of the controller on the screen mm -hmm. without your hands, which is really cool. And so, so Battlezone was fun. I played the uh, Until Dawn. Is it like Rush of Blood or Blood Rush or what? I would like to say that it's, because it, I enjoyed watching you play Until Dawn. Well, it's totally not connected whatsoever. Oh. Yeah, it's really weird. Like, I think that studio that made Until Dawn was working on this, and then they decided just to put the name on it to help sell it, mm. which I don't necessarily hate. And it does have the, the in Until Dawn, the killer had that weird clown mask. Oh, yeah. That is That ends up in the game. Oh, nice. So okay. there's some really cool stuff there. Uh, and then Batman VR is, I guess the best way to describe it is it's an experience. It's like, it's meant to be used with the move controllers, and I did not use those. So I didn't get a lot of the using one hand to grab things, other hand to grab things. But it's almost like an adventure. And you're in first person, you're looking around, you have to reconstruct a crime scene, you have to, I had to go to a morgue and like identify some bodies and stuff like that. It, it was, it was very cool. Uh, I do get a little bit of jitteriness in the screen and there is a little bit of blur for me even when you get the headset in the perfect spot it works great yes i noticed that too and i thought it was just because of my glasses and that and that could be for your case because i was i mean i wore this thing as tight as i could like there were marks in my forehead when i took it off because it just like i put it as tight and as close to my eyes as i could mm -hmm. uh but it, it's pretty neat guys i mean that this thing i i think i underestimated how cool it was when i was talking about it before because i kind of mentioned you know, it's cool, but it's not going to be where we want it to be. We have to buy it, though, if we want to get to better VR, stuff like that. But it it, it is really well done. I'm, I'm very surprised. I mean, it's a good chunk of money, but it's it's really cool. I mean, I would say definitely it was leaps and bounds better than I thought it was going to be. I, I was very, very skeptical about the realism and the immersion experience. And, you know, you see that, what is it, a galaxy... Um, Samsung Galaxy commercial where they had those people try the the VR headset and they're like sobbing and the, I was the like, old, what the, the old ladies like the, the old ladies like crying at something so beautiful and like what what could you see in VR that would be so beautiful whatever but horrible marketing yeah Alumet really did show me that there is uh, there. There's, there's a power in it. It's captivating. It's a viewing experience that you've never had before. No matter how many 3D movies you've been to. I, you know, there was a very brief part where I forgot that I was actually wearing this headset. And it felt like I was actually in, not necessarily the scene, but witnessing it firsthand. Well, imagine if you watched Nightmare Before Christmas... But you were able to look around. Right. That that's that's what this this uh, game quote unquote is. It's it's really an interactive movie or just a movie, frankly. 
but you are able to look around while the movie's playing. So you're getting different camera angles. Like, like you're just like someone spying on this story, but you choose the camera angles. It was really cool. And there's a lot of demos out there. Uh, there's some other horror ones I got to try out still. And the cool thing with the PlayStation VR, if you hadn't heard, is that anything that has HDMI, you can run through the headset. And then you can display it in what they call like theater mode, which is basically, it makes it look like you're in an IMAX theater. Oh, sure. So it's just a really, you can't like look around it in 3D, but you can see just a huge screen in front of you. Yeah, it's really cool. And you can, so you could run your Xbox One through that. You could run your PC through that, which I have not tried yet, but I <laughs> will this weekend. <laughs> uh, it was just really cool though. So I, I, I want to touch base with everybody on the PlayStation VR. It's, it's cool. I guess if I have to put a final verdict on it, I'm going to say at 400 bucks, if you have the extra money laying around and you've paid your bills for the month. Yes, please pay your bills. Pay your bills for the month. Uh, and buy groceries. And buy groceries and make sure you have everything you need. Gas I would say car. get it. I would say get it. It's cool. It, it's it's gimmicky, but it's not as gimmicky as like PlayStation Move was or the Wii was when it came out. Like the, the people that are making software for it are making some quality software. And I, I think it's cool. And there's some stuff that's full price, like Battlezone is like a $60 game, and I don't know if I'd ever pay 60 bucks for that, but the demo was fun. And Batman was only a $20 game, but it's only about an hour-long experience. So, oh, sure. you know, so there's so some of the VR stuff needs some tweaking, but there's a lot of free software out there. The demo disc it comes with is great. And then there's actually, if you buy the bundle, there's something called like VR Worlds, I think, and that has a whole bunch of stuff on it too. But anyway, it was just really cool. So I, it was fun to play with. I would say, you know, get it for Christmas or something. I think it's I think it's cool. Uh, I really do. It was mm -hmm. better than I thought it would be. I was really impressed. And it's the cheapest of the headsets. And if that's if it's the worst of all the headsets, then we get, we're in for a treat with oh, where definitely. VR is going because if that's the worst of the 3, it's pretty good. Headset's light. It's um, very light. Yeah, it was, it was cool. It comes with the cord long enough to be able to sit far back from your TV and everything. So It's got pretty it good cool. motion capture, meaning like when I turned my head, it was able to follow me, yeah. which was nice. Um, I was, definitely think it's, it's going to change the way that some people do movies. I, I could see doing movies in that, totally. That, I mean, and, and they should. I, I don't think know how great. it would work, but... <laughs> I think it could definitely be possible to have a full-length feature film shot specifically for VR. Yeah. And that, to me, is crazy. And there's certain times, like, when I was using the Until Dawn demo, like, the carnival, whatever it is, you're on, like, a ride, and if someone had sprayed me in the face a little bit of air, like a fan was on me, sure. I would have 100% felt like I was moving. Because there were already times, like, there's a little bit of a roller coaster scene, mm -hmm. and I felt like I was going through those dips like if wind had been hitting me in the face that was a hundred percent the experience nice. it was it was that close yeah it was it was really cool and and i'm not normally one for gimmicky stuff like that and it was it was pretty cool well and yeah that that kitchen ugh, the kitchen demo <laughs> that's great I'm, I, it kind of makes me want to play a bunch idea. of i jumped really bad because in the in the until dawn demo there's parts you have to shoot things and I was using the controller, and it wasn't calibrated properly, so like I had to have my hands way up for it to be even at the screen. So I have my hands way up, and I'm trying to turn and shoot, and these guys are like off screen coming at me, and like they just keep coming at you, and like they're jumping <laughs> out at you, and you're like ah, what the hell? It was it was really awesome though. Yeah. So cool. speaking of really awesome, all week Rockstar has been hyping us up for oh, Red Dead Redemption Two. They got everybody thirsty. So they 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 put out a teaser that was just like the red background, you know, with like. The Rockstar the, the, logo. The, the, the rock logo, and then there was, like, the silhouette against the sun of, like, these, you know, um, gunslingers and stuff. 
so everyone's getting hyped up. And then before, of course, they announce, there's a whole bunch of great memes coming out, like the red, the red Rockstar logo, and then they draw it out, and it's just a paddle, like yeah. it's the sequel to Rockstar Table Tennis. And there was some great stuff, you know. Uh, as always, the internet did not disappoint us. No. And uh, and I and even uh, Square Enix like tweeted out a photo where it was that same background, but it had like the main characters from Final Fantasy 15, <laughs> and, and, and part of it. So it was, it was really cool. So. They announce that it's coming in November or fall of 2017, so next year, and that there's going to be a trailer release today. We're all like, all right, cool, this is great. You know, Red Dead Redemption 2. Red Dead Redemption 1 is an excellent game. It's one of, it's up there for me. It's way better than Grand Theft Auto 4. It's probably not as good as Grand Theft Auto 5, but it's really good, and it's it's in the Wild West, and it's just open world game. It's Rockstar at the best storytelling. Obviously, no spoilers here, don't worry, but... One of the best and neatest endings to a game I've ever seen. Yeah, don't spoil it. I yeah. haven't had oh, a chance to play it. I will not spoil it. Don't worry. I have so many things spoiled for me at the store all the time that I refuse oh. to spoil things for people. <laughs> I've had so many things ruined for me. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And so so the trailer comes out. And as you just finished watching it, yes. that's it. Yeah, there's not, that's it. there's not a lot. There's a guy getting on a horse. This, there's some dead animals. <laughs> this is the very there's definition. There's a general store. The very definition of a teaser trailer. They don't show you anything. No. It, it's like, I mean, for, for leading up to it, it didn't seem to make sense to me. If you're going to lead up to it as much as you did, you think you'd lead up to a full trailer. The, I mean, the teaser was cool, don't get me wrong, and it, the game looks beautiful, and of course I'm going to buy it day one, it's no question, but... I just thought it was funny that they were teasing this earlier in the week, and then they get to the tease, and the tease is a tease, and it's like, okay. Well, that's, I, I'm not surprised that they did it that way, because they're only feeding the hype train. Yeah, I just thought they'd have a little more substance when they release some info, but... Well, you got to you see know. Worth's General Store. Yeah, and, and I mean, they show, and graphically, it looks really it, impressive, it looks so... Great. It must be pretty great, but you know it, it is. It is what it is. It's a, Red Dead's a great game. <laughs> it's already got three million views on YouTube. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and so it's going to be a great game. But I, I, would, I guess I was disappointed in the trailer. I would say, like in the teaser, because that's really what it was. It was a teaser. So what I was not disappointed in, yes, was the trailer. And I know this is a video. This is game talk radio. This ain't movie talk radio. I don't care. I'm a huge X Men fan. My favorite. One of my favorite characters in all of comics, probably my favorite, is Wolverine. He's like my guy. X-Men Apocalypse was not a very good movie. I was very disappointed in it. And so the trailer came out today for Logan, which is the final appearance as Hugh Jackman as Wolverine in the movies, or so they say, well, until I mean, he gets a fat contract and comes back for more. Yeah. And so a, a few months ago, he at, at Comic-Con or something, he came out and he just like came out and said, you know, three words, old man Logan. And for anybody out there who doesn't know, if you're not comic book guys, you know, I won't, I won't bore you with comic book stuff if you don't like it, but there was a really cool um, miniseries that came out that was called Old Man Logan. And just a, a brief synopsis is that it's way in the future. Some sort of cataclysmic event happened that wiped out all the heroes in the world, most of the heroes, and the villains basically got together and wiped them all out, and now the villains run the world. And Wolverine's one of the few heroes left since he's, you know, virtually indestructible and so he you know he's just kind of existing and it's it's just really cool kind of post-apocalyptic story so when Hugh Jackman comes out and says that everyone gets really amped up but certain characters make cameos in the comic and you're like well I can't really do that 
you can't do that in the movies because those franchises aren't owned by the same companies. Sure. So what are they going to do? And so today the trailer came out and it was just really cool and it's going to introduce uh, X-23 and it showed like an old Charles Xavier, like really yes. old Xavier. Oh. So Patrick Stewart's probably his last uh, Charles Xavier, I would assume too, unless they keep bringing him back for more. Well, unless they do some sort of like in the past kind of, you <laughs> well, know what I mean yeah well like, I mean they like could. I mean like they just keep um they, they they've kind of said that they're running out on the old original characters like they sure. haven't you know they've got this kind of new mutants thing they've been setting up for a while where they replace Storm and Jean and Cyclops with new people and it's 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 the right time to do that yeah I, I don't know I just really want Marvel to get X-Men back because I think that's something that they would really do right and I think an X-Men movie would be so awesome from Marvel, but we'll see. I don't think it'll happen, but Spider-Man happened, the so... The first one was good, with the exception of What's-Her-Face. <laughs> well, I really like the second Anna one. Anna Paquin. The, the second X-Men movie is actually really great. Uh, Nightcrawler is fantastic in that movie, but... Oh, I love the, Nightcrawler! The third one's the worst. Like, the third X-Men movie is just the worst, and then, you know, X-Men Origins Wolverine's pretty bad, and, yeah, they're all pretty bad. So, but then, uh, I liked Days of Future Past, really brought it back, it was really good. And then X-Men Apocalypse, I really didn't like. So then I was like, okay. Um, so who knows where this one could fit? But anyway, this one comes out. It's it's The trailer comes out, and it's... Uh, music's everything when it comes to trailers. Mm -hmm. M music sets the mood. It's for games, movies, whatever. And the trailer starts... I mean, you're talking about a story of, you know, this, this old version of Logan, where he's just like, he's tired and busted in the world, however far in the future the movie's going to take place. And... They, the song playing is Johnny Cash's version of the Nine Inch, Nine Inch Nails song, Hurt. Oh, so good. Which, if you've never heard that song, like, I'm a big music guy, too. And so are you. So you have to pause the podcast right now, yeah. <laughs> go to YouTube, and YouTube this song. Yeah. You will not be disappointed. We'll wait. Go ahead. We'll wait. Okay, so now you're back Thank from pausing. You. Thank you. I, you're welcome, by the way. You're for us welcome. About but this song... Quite frankly, is haunting. I would say so good. it's beautiful. And when I first heard it, I hate to admit this because it makes me look so stupid. Uh, but I ha I hate to admit this. My good friend Steve, actually, who recorded the intro, uh, Dead Steve, he uh, he was in the store one day, and I had heard the Johnny Cash version. I'm a huge Johnny Cash fan, and I was like, I'd heard Johnny Cash in that song. I was like, oh, this is so awesome because it was on a greatest hits album of Johnny Cash's. I think is where I heard it, and then that song was like an extra on there, and I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then later I heard the Nine Inch Nails version. Oh, no. <laughs> so Steve was in there, and he's like, oh, did you hear this? And I'm like, yeah, and I also heard that crappy cover that Nine Inch Nails did. And then Steve's like, whoa, let me let me, let me me put you in your place here, buddy. You here, and it was, you know, and I, I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not wrong about a lot of things because I don't, I don't talk about a lot of things I don't know about. It's just something I've never done. And so when I said that, and it instantly he put me in my place, I was like, ugh. Okay, well, thank you, Steve, for putting me in my place. So anyway, uh, it's it's a great cover of an okay song from Nine Inch Nails. Johnny Cash's version, it's just, it's haunting. It's just, it's it's one of the saddest songs I think you'll ever hear in your life. So good. But there's something almost uplifting about it. And when you put it into the idea of this movie... And you put it to the idea of, of old Logan, you know, old Wolverine, you know, all the other... In the trailer, they talk about how all the mutants are gone, however they're going to describe that, you know. And so they talk about, like, he's one of the only few mutants left. Awesome. You know, and then they're playing this just really, like, you know, when Johnny Cash, it's it's actually the last song he recorded, I believe, I think before he passed away. And, like, it was not 
it was not long before he passed away that he recorded that. So it's very, like, like it just has a whole bunch of levels there. But anyway, sorry to bore you with stupid music and comic book stuff if you guys don't care. But it was really awesome. And I think that movie's going to be really cool. And that trailer just got me mega hyped, which is what it was supposed to do. So it just, I just had to share that because I felt like, oh, uh, an Old Man Logan as a comic series, it is one of the most interesting comics I've ever read. And just the idea of a post-apocalyptic world where all the heroes are gone and the villains have divided up the United States amongst who gets what. And uh, it, it's just really cool. And and then, you know, there's the, you find out, because Wolverine, that's the big thing about Old Man Logan, is Wolverine refuses to pop his claws for anything. Mm-hmm. He refuses to fight back, and you don't know why until, I think it's issue four of the miniseries, and you read why he won't pop his claws, and you're just like, what? It just, it blows your mind. It's great. Actually, uh, sorry to go back to your your Johnny Cash mm-hmm. thing. I think he actually recorded that after his wife passed away. Okay. June. Hmm. Yeah, we'd have to look that up. Cause, yeah, that's. I was trying to look it up, but I that's kind of stuck in my head because I'm... when the first okay. time I heard it, I was like, "Oh my gosh, he just sounds so like it's so emotional and it's so raw." And I think that's why. That would did they pass away pretty close to each other? Because yeah. I, I feel like I feel like that was the last song he recorded. Because she passed away. I'm looking at Wikipedia right now. In May of oh shoot, I just saw it, and here it goes. May fifteenth, two thousand three, and he passed away september 12th 2003 yeah that makes that's probably that makes a lot of sense then but yeah but just an awesome song if you guys get to listen to it it's it's great and johnny cash actually has a lot of really good like not just like like he has he has a lot of hilarious songs but there's some just really good like some really like like butt kicking songs you know like there's just some music that he has where he just kind of makes you feel cool you know and uh man in black yeah he's he's uh he's awesome uh he just had style you know um so now let's get to the meat and potatoes. This meat is what I, everyone who's listening now is like, would they just shut up? Just stop even talking. Get, yeah. So long. I don't care about Johnny Cash. Just get to the Nintendo. All I care about <laughs> is Nintendo. Uh, <laughs> so it's not the Nintendo NX. NX is gone. It's out. Throw it out the window. See you. It was never going to be the name anyway, so if you were attached to it, that's your fault. Sorry. It's never going to be the name. Uh, however, it has a new name. A new name? It is called the Nintendo Switch. What do you think of when you hear that name? Like, what's the first thing that comes... Do you, do, you, do you feel like it's accurate marketing? I think it's very indicative of what they're trying to get. Like, they're trying to say, hey, you don't like it this way? You can switch it to something else. You don't... You want to do this over here? Well, you can switch it up. You can switch it up. You can switch it up. Yeah, I feel... I feel like it's not wrong advertising. I just don't like that right-on-the-nose sort of what it is. You know, I, I I don't I don't like when when a don't name like of a system exact marketing. Yeah, I don't. It's like I don't I don't like when when a product literally tells you what it does. Like I like when it has a name. And video game consoles have been known for this for years. Like, you know, the the Sega Genesis and the you know even the Nintendo sixty four and the Super Nintendo. And then you've got the Dreamcast and the Saturn and even the PlayStation. Like, I guess you could break it down and be like, yeah, it's a station you play on. But, you know, it's, it's not like it's called the the Sony video game. <laughs> you know, I just, I just, there's a part of me that just looks at it and goes, it's just too obvious. But in the past, Nintendo's had real issues with their marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, the Wii, 
made sense because it was the a universal word in both languages, English and Japanese. That's why they did it. It was the we. I so, didn't know that. Yeah, in in Japan, they're like it's a we. Is the only thing it is is <laughs> it's a we. In the U.S., it's a we. And so then when they did the Wii U... Oh, I thought you meant the word Wii meant something both in, in Japanese and English. And I was like, what word no. is <laughs> No, and technically Wii in the United States means like us, multiples of us, but not the way it's spelled. So, Wii. you know, yeah, we or you're having a great time on the You refer to yourself and some other people. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, so the Wii U, they were trying to capitalize on the marketing name power that they had with the Wii because the Wii sold a bunch, you know. Contrary to, to what most people believe of it being a quality system or not, it sold a mega buttload of consoles. So they wanted to capitalize on that by calling it the Wii something. They should have called it like the Super Wii. Oh, that's Just, true. You know, like, you know, but they called it the Wii U. And Which made no sense. It, yeah, and because and, they were trying to retain, but they ended up losing all the old people anyway because they didn't understand, like, oh, is it a new Wii? Is it an add-on you have to buy for your Wii? Is the tablet for your Wii? And for a long time, I thought it was an add-on that you that you bought for your Wii. Yeah, well, yeah, and even when, when it came out that first year, when, like, when they announced it at E3, they only showed the tablet controller at first. So everyone was like, wait, so it's a tablet controller you buy and plug into your Wii? Like, what the hell? What is That's this That's what I thought it but was. It, but it wasn't. And then later they showed it. It's like, no, it's a console, dummies. And I'm like, well, we're... <laughs> you want to say these things. <laughs> so, okay. So, naming aside, we're watching the watch the Nintendo Direct. I watched it live this morning. And the advertising, it's, it's your typical Nintendo commercial. It's just full of, like, I don't know, the weirdest situations that you'll never be in, like, like people. going on a plane. L- like, well, <laughs> you Walking your dog. <laughs> Nobody does that. About, okay, four people playing basketball, and then they stop playing basketball to play two-on-two. See, that, that, yes, okay, thank you. Thank you. That. But they're, the majority of the situations, I'm like, I could be doing Totally, that. and it got the idea across. They were just trying to show that, hey, look, okay, so it's a home system, dude's at home playing Breath of the Wild, and then his dog won't shut up. So he's like, well, I better take my dog to the park. And then he walks outside, but he's still got to play his video games because the dude can't stop playing video games for 10 (laughs) minutes to take his dog to the park. So he lets his dog run around without a leash, apparently, and then he just plays the NX, which is cool, and that's fine. So, yeah, okay, so let's let's quit. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, I'm just going to say this, and, and I don't know how to say it in the right way, but it almost felt like there was a bunch of Nintendo executives that were sitting in a boardroom, and there was one guy who was presenting, okay? <laughs> For the sake of comedy, let's call him Lyle Landley. Okay. Which is a Simpsons reference that I'd be very impressed if anybody actually got. Maybe they will. Um, bonus points to anybody who can tell me what episode that's from. Now, he comes in, he's like, I've got it. This is the new Nintendo. Look at this. It looks kind of like uh, an iPad, but not really. But it's got the controllers, all right? Hmm. And everybody's like, oh, that's nice. And, you know, plugs into your TV. That's great. What if I want to go outside? And it's like, well, uh, you can take it out of the thing. And you, you can put you can put the controllers on the side. And it's kind of like a Wii U. Well, that's great. Uh, cool. But what if I want to play with somebody else? It can do that, too. <laughs> and they just kept asking questions. And he just kept promising and promising and promising <laughs> and promising until finally we get this. Well, and this is essentially what we thought it would be. 
This yes. this wasn't surprising at all, and I was actually quite happy about that because well, I shouldn't say there I weren't think any they surprises. Did it better than I thought it was yeah, going to be. I, I agree with that too. And so the system itself, you've got a handheld device that's got you know on one side there's an analog stick and some buttons, other side analog stick and some buttons. That you can take the controllers out and use them on the little screen. So it's like having a handheld where you can detach the controllers. Okay. You can also put them in and play the handheld like a traditional handheld where you hold on to it with the controllers. You can dock it at home. When you dock it at home, you can you have a separate little device that lets you plug in the things you take off of the screen yes. to make it feel like a normal controller, or you can buy a pro controller. So there's options there. Maybe they'll even let you use the old Wii U pro controllers. Maybe. I don't know. Probably won't. But maybe yeah, we can hope. Not. We can hope. And so, so there's some really cool ideas going on there. I this is so funny because I've been talking to a lot of people about this today, obviously, and I hear a lot of hate about this, surprisingly. Really? I was not expecting this. I, I was saying this to actually Nate earlier. I was emailing him back and forth, and I, I, I was like, I'm a very, I'm very, uh, what do I want to say? I'm just, I'm very, not mean, but I'm very like, I, I'm, I come down on Nintendo a lot when they make mistakes. Like, I, I'm fully admit, like, the majority of what I play is on PC or on the PlayStation, I've loved Nintendo for years. I love the retro Nintendo stuff, but I don't feel like they've put out the best system in the last 15 years. 15 to 20 years, they haven't been on the top of their game, right? So, you know, I see this and I'm like, you know, this is actually pretty cool. I think there's a lot of potential here. And I, I really like the Wii U, actually. It just didn't have the software to back it up. And I really like the 3DS, but the 3DS doesn't have TV out. No. And I'm not a handheld guy. I like to play my games, my TV. So, you know, so this this idea obviously fits my mold of what I wanted really well. But I, I never thought I would be the guy arguing why people should, like, let let Nintendo do their thing and just wait and see what happens. I'm, I, I'm, I'm always the guy who's getting, like, kind of people are, are coming down on me because I'm so hard on Nintendo. But, th but I feel like today I've been sticking up for them nonstop and I'm reading all this stuff. From people saying that this looks stupid and oh they're going back to square controllers like the NES had, I'm like, no, they're not. I, I don't, I don't even know. Like the it's people like are just the Wii. They're shaped like the Wii. They're oblong. P people are like really hating on this thing and finding a lot of reasons to hate it, and I don't understand why. Well, and here's the thing that I like. I like that it is matte black, kind of gunmetal. Yes, thank you. It's no glossy system. It's not this plasticky-looking Wii system sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Now, I did like the, the sleekness of the Wii, but the fact that it just it felt like it was plastic and it felt kind of easily destructed mm -hmm. sort of, of system. But I love the matte black. I, I love that you can take... The, the smaller side controllers off of, let's just call it the, like, the tablet. Mm -hmm. You can slide them, click them in, but then it looks like you can actually slide them off and then click them onto what looks kind of like a charger, but makes the, the controller stationary. Yeah. That was my biggest beef with the Wii, was the fact that I have a really hard time when I had a nunchuck and I had the Wiimote and I had to do two things at one time. Now, for people who have that sort of dexterity, that's great. It worked for them. I am so used to having everything compact and in one location and stationary that I had a really hard time getting those separate. I couldn't yeah. do it. Well, and, I, and I, I'm not going to play this thing on the go very often. 
I'm mostly going to play it at I home, might. but when I when I play it at home, I'm going to want a regular controller. Like, I'm not going to play with those detachable ones anyway, because detachable ones, it just, eh. I eh. feel like I would just, I would drop one or, or anything. But one thing I didn't see in here, maybe it's just because of the promotional video, but it, it feels like, you know, tablets, unless that screen is super durable and hard to crack and break, they're going to have to have some sort of cover like a magnetic cover kind of like yeah. iPads have where you can snap it close and it protects it from getting scratched getting you know, yeah there, there's a lot of room for third-party accessories so what we haven't so there's a lot of questions we still have so for one my biggest question will probably be what's the battery life going to be like oh, yeah. but Nintendo's pretty good with their systems actually on battery life so I have high hopes a lot of people like that were angry were kind of saying well if it's a handheld that you plug in your TV, it's already going to have power limitations. Like, like by the time this comes out, the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One will have been out for three and a half years. And if it, it, it'll be about up to snuff with those if it's using, like, the NVIDIA chips that we've been talking about. And so people are going to look at that and go, well, now it's old technology again. Mm -hmm. But we have to look at the way Nintendo makes games. They don't, they don't make games to be, like, as uber-realistic as possible. They do their own kind of style. And if you look at the 3DS, the 3DS is really underpowered and it doesn't matter. It still looks great because people were able to make it look good with what they had. And it really comes down to the software. So again, it's one of those things where people are really coming out early to bash it. And I don't know if that's because they're still mad about the Wii U. There are a lot of people that are burned by the Wii U and feel like it's, it let them down and that they wasted their money on it. And I totally get that. I'm not saying everyone needs to buy this thing. I just, I think it's really neat. I think it's exactly what we wanted. And it's, it makes a lot of sense. Like Nintendo, was always splitting their resources between their handheld market and their home consoles. They dominate the handheld market. No one has ever been able to come close to that. But the home markets, they weren't able to. So they look at their home market and says they only have an install base of 10 million. And then the 3DS has 50 million sold. Well, they're going to put more resources into their 3DS games, which is what they did. That's why there's so many better 3DS games. So now, imagine this. So now a new Pokemon game comes out for the Switch... And you'll be able to play it on your TV. You'll be able mm -hmm. to play that traditional style Pokemon yeah. game like you always wanted to play. And then you can just pick it up and take it with you on the go. And probably great. incorporate multiplayer gameplay yeah. in it too. Yeah. And and the other question I have too is it looks like it's not a touch screen. No. Unless they announce that later. No, Nowhere in the trailer do they actually touch the screen, I don't think. I don't think they so do. So that'll be interesting to me because I thought Nintendo would stick with like what you were saying with the tablet deal. And they might actually, I think you can use the Pro Controller when you're in the portable mode, too. Yeah, that'll actually be really cool, because what I'm hoping is this comes out right before we go to Japan, <laughs> and I'll be able to buy it, and then I'll be able to play it on the plane, because I think that'd be awesome. That'd be great. I mean, you could even probably buy one when you're there, but then it'd be Japanese. Well, well, well here's, that's actually, you brought up an interesting point that I wanted to mention, too, though. We don't know if the, the games are going to be region-free. So now Nintendo on the original DS and on the Game Boy, those were all region free. You could play any region you want. And for some reason with the 3DS, they locked it up and said, nope, now the games are region coded. So you can't play Japanese games in the U.S. system anymore. Aww. So be they changed their thought on that. But if they, so I'm assuming they're not going to be region free, but maybe Nintendo will go back on that and say, oh, we made a mistake with the 3DS. Just open it, you know, wide open and let people play anything from any region. Well, what I really do like is the versatility of it. As you said, you're not a, a portable kind of person for the most part, mm -hmm. but I am. 
especially if you want to play a video game and I want to play a video game, I would play this over playing a DS. But we have two 65 TVs in the basement so we can both play games together. That's not the point. <laughs> the point is I've usually been a handheld person. Yeah. I, you know, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, a DS, Game Boy Advance. Those are all things that I have played or have owned. I really like the idea of this being as powerful as a console without you know, sacrificing any quality when it becomes a portable uh, machine. But what I would worry about is because it has the portableness and the battery life, I don't really know how sophisticated batteries are right now, and maybe you can answer this, but well, there's two things. The first is if you dock it, does it charge it? And if it's docked and charged, is that going to deplete the the battery? You know, is is it because it's continually charging? Is that okay. going to negatively affect the battery life? That's a fair question because they say that like you shouldn't just keep things plugged in. Right. Like you're supposed to drain the battery fully, then charge it back up to keep the battery capacity at maximum. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah, that's a good question. I didn't think of that. So that would be that would be my first thought, and my second thing. It, it doesn't really matter for me, but matters for you know these these men that are in this trailer are all tall, thin, lanky kind of guys, not any like big beefy, you know, meatballs where they're like, they've got, I'm just talking about the size of the controllers, the small ones. Talking about the, their really... mitts? Talking about their mitts? Their paws? I mean, that's, that's a small that controller. That controller is tiny. No, like... I mean, if you can use the pro, the pro controller in the portable mode, then it, it's still an issue because now you have to cart that around where you're going to put that. I guess if you have a backpack, it's easy, but you can't just... Yeah. I mean, in no in no iteration of this, are you going to be able to put this in your pocket? Right, and that is that is the interesting thing about the handheld part of it, is that it is too big to go in your pocket. It is, it's, it's like, I mean, I can't tell from the, the exact size, but I mean, looking at the picture here, it looks like it's about the size of a Wii U gamepad. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, which is cool, because I like, if I'm going to play in a handheld, I'd rather have a bigger screen. Like, I'd rather just get a pouch for it. I don't care about putting it in my pocket, and I wish more people didn't, so the systems didn't look horrible when they came in. <laughs> or, please, but... buy screen protectors. Oh, man, screen Lordy protectors. You gotta say. get screen protectors, people. Come on. Please. They're, they're cheap, and you can just peel it yeah. off, and you got a brand new screen. Put a new one on. And especially if it's not a touch screen, because if it's a touch screen, sometimes that makes it more difficult. I, so I get that. But when it's not a touch screen, it's eh. No, but yeah, just, so just the, the other thing you can tell from the trailer then is a couple interesting things. So one, all the games are going to be on cartridges, which we, we kind of knew. They're going to be on little carts. They look like little they look like DSs. Little, little DS games, you know, which which if you look at the Vita cartridges, they are tiny and paper thin, and they pack a wallop of stuff mm -hmm. on there. So, so clearly capacity on these things has gone up. Costs have come down. But it's still not cheaper to manufacture those than it would be to manufacture a Blu-ray disc. However... Once with sound compression and everything the way it is, carts can produce AAA quality stuff. So I don't think we have to worry about uh, quality in that sense. And what I find very interesting is they, they're showing off some stuff in the trailer, and one of the things they show off is Skyrim. Yeah, so, so, that was a surprise to a lot of people. Yeah, it's really, yeah, it's really neat, I guess, that, that somehow Bethesda... And it's a little frustrating because it's going to come out in a system, you know, five years after the game originally came out. But it's still cool. And 
you know, if they're able to get that good of third-party support, which I think they will, they've always been able to, and now they're not splitting their resources between two consoles, I, I think they've got a real hit here. I think this this could be a really thing. Uh, it makes me wonder if, if the cartridges are going to be the same type of technology as DS's. Well, what I also wonder about is what the price is going to be of these cartridges. So the average 3DS game is 40 bucks. I should say that's the well, high end. Well, I mean, hold on, hold okay. on, hold on. Because where I was going with this is that if it utilizes similar technology, I mean, would it be kind of like how when I bought a Game Boy Color, I could put in a regular Game Boy game and it would do some color, but not a lot. So I don't know if you could really consider the Game Boy Color. I guess it was backwards compatible with so regular you're, Game Boy. Okay. But, okay. But so you're wondering if this is going to be backwards compatible with the with, DS. With 3DS. With 3DS or DS. Well, I don't think so, unless you can somehow have it in your hand and still have it on the TV, because you have to have the two screens for the 3DS. Oh. So I wonder I wonder if they're basically just not doing backwards compatibility with this one and they might just start over. That's a really good point and yeah. something I didn't think of. The carts look different too. I mean, we only get to see one for like a second in this horrible horrible advertisement, but uh but you do get to see the card. It looks they look shaped almost similar to a to a Vita memory card but a little bit, a little Vita game but a little bit bigger, but um because he pushed it in like you would a DS. Yeah, yeah, but it had like a cover too, which was weird. So oh. it had like 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 again. See, I like thought it was like ones. a like you pushed it in and then you put a little. Well, usually cover like you know it. you pop the little rubber thing off and it's attached. You put the game in and you just pop it over. It is typically yeah, how it works. Yeah, that's what so, I thought that which was. Which the 3DS and DS always has had wide open ones where you could accidentally yeah, push it out. Yeah, you got so, all that like yeah. all that dust and junk in there when you weren't using it, except with. The DS that had the Game Boy Advance, where it had that little plastic right. cover that showed yeah, yeah, on yeah, 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 the, the dust cover, yeah, which was nice. Well, and and so then, uh, sorry to that interrupted you. So getting back yeah, to the point, <laughs> getting back to the point I was making then is price. I'm curious about because if it's gonna be AAA games, new AAA games for PS4 and Xbox One retail at sixty dollars. So. And normally a 3DS game was averaging about forty dollars, thirty to forty. High end was forty. So are these games going to come out because they're on carts and they're AAA? Are they going to come out at sixty dollars, or are we going to have a, a wider variety where some games will only be twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, or sixty? Because I kind of like to see that go back to that. I've, I'm kind of disappointed that just just because a game, you know, has an advertising budget of this much money, it has to be a sixty dollar game. And we kind of view them that way. Like, if a game comes out at $40 brand new, we kind of look at it like, what's wrong with it? Oh, it must be cheap. Sure. What's cheap about this game? Which is so surprising considering the apps that people buy in, like, the Apple Store or Google yeah. Play. They're two bucks, three bucks, and then they complain about that. And it's like, <laughs> well, that's only three bucks. Yeah. But, yeah, so I, I think overall it's cool. I'm excited to, to try it out. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to buy one. I was probably going to buy one anyway. But I was worried that they were going to do something like a a 3ds that just docked in your station, but you still had to do a, t a you know a stylus that you're mm -hmm. always going to lose. I'm really or glad that there's not that. Even even the 3d gimmick being gone, that's great. I love that. I love it. It feels like it's gimmick free to me. Like for the first time in a long time, Nintendo is not yes. just forcing the hottest new gimmick down your throat. Uh, so, but we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. I think it's going to be great. I, I mean, it really um, but... feels like they're trying to embrace both markets of. Con home console and portable console 
And like I said, it was like somebody sat in a boardroom and was like, yep, it can do that. Yep, yep. it can do that. <laughs> it sure can. Yes, sir. <laughs> and they're not the first ones. I mean, Sony with the Vita has remote play for PS4. So even Sony was like, there's there's quality, there's there's worth to trying to get people to play their home consoles on the go. There's there's a market for that. People want that. So Sony made it work between their handheld and their home console. Nintendo's doing the same thing, except they're basically just making it one console instead of you having to have you buy two yes. um, expensive consoles. One other thing we don't know anything about is the price of the console itself. No. So if I had to guess, I'm going to say if they want to kill it, they come out at one ninety nine ninety nine. If they can get this thing sub two hundred, it will fly. I agree. If most likely, I'm worried that it's going to come out at two forty nine, and I feel like even though that's still cheaper than the systems, a PS four is two ninety nine. Um, so I, I think if they can come out at one ninety nine somehow, I think it would do really really well, and then maybe sell like the Pro controller for fifty bucks extra or something like that. But you know, they've but. got quite the 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 repository of game developers under their belt. They they always have an impressive list whenever they have a new system coming out, you know, and sadly the Wii U did too. And a lot of those games didn't come to fruition, but you're right, they've already got a bunch of people signed up, which is great. I I love the idea that you know, even stuff like seeing the sports games on there, you know, sports games have been absent for a long time from certain systems. I mean, the Wii U only had Madden 13 and that was it. So that's good. And then seeing something like Skyrim on there, that means Nintendo's mm-hmm. reaching out and saying, hey, we want to get this stuff. So Exactly. Yeah. So I like it. Uh, everybody keep an eye out. I don't know when they're going to start doing pre-orders. There's going to be more announcements coming down the pipeline, obviously, and it's set right now to launch in, like, March. So if it comes out in March, we'll, we should be hearing some pricing info pretty soon. So I think we have time for one listener question. One listener question. All right, well, let's do one today. All right, I'm going to give you the choice of which one we're going to do. Okay. Um, let's do, how about Nathan will do this week? All right, let's do Nathan's question. Nathan asks, what do you two, oh, yay. What we'll, do you we'll two, get to participate, yay. yes. Uh, what do you two feel are the best two-player games for the Nintendo Entertainment System? You want to go first? Yeah, well, you know, and we didn't really play a lot of two-player co-op games when I was a kid. But the game I do remember playing to player the most was Super Mario 3, mm. which is a classic and very good. Uh, really, any of the Marios. Or Tetris in two-player was pretty fun. We had a Mario 3 date. Yeah, it was great. Played Mario 3. That was a good time. On the original system, yo. Yeah, <laughs> just busted out the original one. Yeah, because we tried playing it on the emulator and it was awful. Oh, the emulator was terrible. Uh, yeah, so probably my favorite two-player game is River City Ransom. How did I know you were going to say that? <laughs> uh, River City Ransom is great. Double Dragon 2 and 3. A lot of people dog on Double Dragon 3 and, and the Angry Video Game Nerd hated it and did one of his videos on it, but it's I grew up with it and it's super, super hard, but it's really fun. My brother and I used to play that together all the time. And let's see, what else for two good two-player games? Uh, obviously Turtles 2 and Turtles 3 are both excellent. Oh, Dr. Mark. Dr. Mario, yeah. yeah. Start some start some family fights over that game. <laughs> uh, I, I guess when I think, you know, two-player, normally I think of co-op. Yeah. But there's not very many. I mean, there's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one. 
was that two, two and three? Two and three were the, the multiplayer ones, yeah. Those were good. But I never, I never played that when I was a kid. I only played that when I was an adult. So for me, it's it was a lot of one-player games that we just took turns playing. I would also say, I just turned around and looked at my game wall. I would also say, Nathan, if you're looking for, because he said he was looking for another game for him and his wife to play oh. together, I would recommend playing Spy vs. Spy. Spy vs. Spy is really fun. It's a ver- it, you're versus each other, but it's it's really fun. That is fun. And let's see what else. Uh, of course, like Contra and Super C are both great. Well, you know what I find a lot with Nintendo games? It's a lot of fun to play single-player games together. So, Shadowgate. Bubble Bobble. Well, Bubble Bobble was a great two-player game, too. Yeah. Remember Shadowgate? We played through Shadowgate. I you do. Had played that. I did. I uh, watched my brother beat that game in under 30 minutes. Nice. Well, once you know what you're doing, it just kind of fly through it. But... So that, that's what I would say, Nathan. That is a really good question. I appreciate that question. That's Co-op is a really big thing for me, and I grew up playing everything with my brothers. And, and nowadays, they've kind of taken Co-op out of the couch and just moved everything online. It's kind of yeah. a bummer. That is kind of a bummer, man. Yeah. It's a bummer, man. It's a bummer, man. Well, that is that's it for tonight. That's it. We appreciate everyone's questions as always, and if you have any comments, you can always send it to Game Trade, or you can tweet at Game Talk Radio, or Jen set hers up so I you can did. tweet at Game Talk Jen. Yeah, I'm official now. And uh, yeah, so if, if you have anything, hit us up. Uh, check us out on Facebook, and uh, as always, we love you guys' questions, and yes. everyone, uh, we appreciate you listening, and have a great night. A great night. Or day. We did this again. Have a good day. You did it. (laughs) Have a day. Because it's so late at night tonight. All right. Well, we're out of here. Have a good night. Bye.